welcome to the Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. And here we go back for another round. It's that good, good experience podcast. And as always, I am Marcus Moses. And I'll tell you what, this train does not leave the track at all without my cousin co-host, Kimberly. Marcus, darling, how are you today? How are my people in the good, good? Hey, hey we're doing fine. We're doing fine. And all the way up in D.C. is the man himself, Mr. Byron B. Note Brown. What's going on? What's up, Marcus? What's up, Kimmy? Let's do this. Happy to be here. Hey, guess what, y'all? In in honor of Black History Month, yo, we got a very special episode for you guys today. We've got one of the original P-Funk All-Stars, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Gene Poo Poo Man Anderson in the house today. Yeah. He's going to be kicking it with us. But before we get into that, uh, we got to get into our What's Good Good segment. And, um... For this week, our good, good segment, we're going to be featuring an up-and-coming rapper out of Mississippi. His name is Boss Mate LD. He's got a new single called No Days Off. We're going to feature it. And I got a chance to talk with him about some of the things that he had going on, as well as his life, a life at the football. So here it is, my interview with Boss Mate LD. All right. All right. Welcome to our good, good segment, ladies and gentlemen. And now for our good, good segment this week, we've got a young uh, up and coming rapper from the Delta down in Mississippi. He goes by the name of Boss Made LD. What's going on, my man? Businesses with the businesses. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, it ain't from the Delta. You hear me? I'm farther on down from the Delta. You feel me? Like if the Delta people heard you say that, they'll be mad. They'll be mad. Oh, okay, that, that's a good way to start. Now, 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 school me on it. Now, now, tell me where's the Delta now? Delta, that's up north Mississippi. Uh, Jackson, that's central Mississippi. And I'm from um, Minnehaha. Like, that's the country that's more down south. So, you okay. got to keep them. You got to keep them three. <laughs> All right. Spoken like a true person uh, from Mississippi that knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> hey, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Hey, so let uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, okay? Basically, bro, I'm a young dude trying to get it. I've been doing music for a good little minute now. Um, I looked up to Boosie, Master P, dudes like that, really Southern people, man. Um, I played football for a minute. I even went to college on it, got hurt. So I picked up my music heavily. I say probably like five Maybe five or six years in the music, I really just stopped because I had to actually get the business side of the music because music, making music, that ain't nothing but like 10% of it. So I just went on and did that. Had a couple kids over the years, well, several kids over the years. Um, got in trouble, got out of trouble, grew wiser. Man, basically just like the average person, man, I'm just trying to push my stuff a little harder. That's basically it. That's basically me. Okay. All right. Now you say you play football. Okay. Now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if you got, you got picked up. You got, you went to college. You were pretty good at it. Now, what, what position? What, 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 what all did you do? Play running back and receiver. Uh, I played defense, but I didn't play defense in college though. I was great. So you say you had an injury. At what point did you, did you realize, like, hey, man, I got some skills. Maybe I could try this thing at uh, hip hop. 
I mean, basically when everybody was like, my injury is severe and like I might not be able to play ball no more. So, I mean, I instantly just went to something else. Like I was doing music before I playing ball. So it really, I wasn't no stranger to going back to making music. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It just pushed me a little harder to go make music because they were like, well, you might not be able to do football no more. So mm-hmm. that was a little bit more fire up under me. Right, right. And basically how it was. Right, right. Now, you mentioned Boosie from Louisiana and uh, Master P also from Louisiana. Are there any other artists that you looked up to that are not from the South that, that influenced your music? Not from the South, you said? Not from the South, yeah. For sure. Uh, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye was like, despite him, he still was a mastermind in promoting his music. Uh, I was really a lot of people like, Ursula, Michael Jackson, uh, DMX, like, I'm a 90, baby. I was born in 92, so really a lot of old school people inspire me, bro. Okay, okay. All right. So, so check it out. Now, you're in good company. Believe it or not, you know, when people think about artists from Mississippi, you know, the first person that comes to my mind is David Banner, you know, the super producer. Okay. Uh, uh, a rapper, also actor. He does a lot of things, you know. You know, um, um, David Banner is, is Mississippi, you know, through and through. I think the first his first two albums were titled uh, Mississippi, but not from mistaken. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand, you know, people think about hip hop. You know, you associate them with you know Atlanta, the New Yorks, the Los Angeles. You know, there's a lot of artists, believe it or not, that have ties or either from Mississippi. Of course, you know, you got David Banner, you got Big Crit, uh, uh, believe it or not, you got uh, Nate Dog. Rick Ross was actually born in Mississippi. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, exactly, exactly. The list goes on and on. How does it feel to be in that type of company with, with, with artists like that? I mean, it's an honor, really. Well, it's an honor to be in company with the ones who really claim Mississippi. You hear me? Like, but I feel like anybody else is from another city. They paved the way. So I, we know it can be done. Like, so, hey, I ain't hating to them. I'm, I'm looking up to them. I'm, I'm studying some of the things that they did and got to put it in my strategy. You know what I'm saying? My strategic work. Okay. And, and so let's let's talk about that. You know, you got the new song, NDO, that's doing well. NDO stands for No Days Off. Moving forward, what's your plan for the next couple of years? Man. More content, more visuals, more shows. Uh, of course, trying to accumulate more money to put in behind more marketing, production work, engineering work, and just really grind mode, man. I, no stopping, no days off, basically. No days off. All right. Now, again, February is Black History Month, also, boss. Now, to tell me, you think about black history, you know, a lot of you think about the civil rights movements, uh, things of that nature, things that black people had to go through back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, a lot of that uh, stuff had stops in Mississippi as well. Now, now, now tell us how you feel. What what is that type of history? How, how does that how does that make you feel? I mean, to be a, to be a part of that. I mean, how it make me feel to be a part of it? I'm trying to answer this to understand. Or, 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 or better yet, let me, let me, let me, let me come at you this way. What does that mean to you, being being a young man from Mississippi and knowing the history that Mississippi has as far as like the civil rights movement is concerned? What does that mean to you? No days off. That means I got to go harder than I ever got. Cause I being black in Mississippi was uh really hard back then. Mm-hmm. So. 
them to get us up out of it, I salute them. Like, you know what I'm saying? I salute them what they do. So, like I said, that makes me keep grinding, keep going. Like, I still got to I gotta accomplish something just like they accomplished something. I'm here absolutely. for a purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. And we thank you for taking time, being on our good, good segment. So before we get out of here, boss, man, let everybody know how you can be reached. Give all your social media, any dates that you may have coming up. Just just put it all out there, man. Thanks. Uh, man, y'all can get at me on any and every social media I want to. Boss made L-D. That's B-O-1-S-M-A-D-E-L-D. Y'all can, uh, bro, I'm on all platforms, whatever music y'all looking for. It's all up there right now. Um, I just dropped a single like two weeks ago called From Behind You. I just dropped another single last week, No Days Off. I got a, I got a whole visual of that coming in like two weeks. So run that audio up crazy on YouTube, Spotify. Uh, you can go look it up on your Instagram page, whatever you want to go look it up on. Again, that's B-O-S-M-A-D-E-L-D. And appreciate y'all for having me on here, man. For real. Not a not a problem, man. We we all about the music here on the Good Good Podcast, man. And uh, any young man or woman uh, that wants an opportunity to put themselves out there, we welcome them with open arms. And we just thank you for taking the time to be here on our podcast. For sure. All right. Now, before you get out of here, boss, man, I'm going to give you an opportunity to play DJ now. you got your new track out called ND, so this is your time, all right? You're going to play DJ. Introduce everybody to your new single. Hey, listen to the whole world that's listening. This is my new single, NDO, No Days Off. It's for every hustler, grinder, person who think they grinding, person who want that bag, go get it. All right. NDO, boss made LD. No Days Off. No days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. No days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. No days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. No days off, 365, I gotta get it. I'm getting that bag, that's why they mad. They face shit. I'm stacking up for my family, cause them no ones that need me. Aliyah, Joy, and Atlanta, and they all the main reason. I'm stacking this paper, I'm on my grind. Stop all this beef and let's come together and get this cash I done been broke before, it ain't no going back I remember them days that I would just sit on my ass Money rule of Oliva, but you know I gotta get it So if you plan on taking me out, you better come on with it Rain, sleet, snow, that's a hustle and shit I'm grinding Sunday to Sunday because I'm so committed Can't make no favors, I can't do it no more Gotta watch my back for all these snakes because they calling you bro Stack your paper, fuck the hater and get hella paid Can't fuck around with the fuck around messing on my chest no days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. No days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. No days off, I can't sleep. I'm gonna keep getting money till I die. And that was our good good segment with Boss Made LD. Again, that was his, his new track called Indio, No Days Off. You can cop it on all streaming platforms, so make sure you go support him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, 
We, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we've got a real legend in the house today. Hey, he's one of the original P-Funk All-Stars. He's got a new single as well called Keep It The Funk Alive. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gene Poo Poo Man Anderson. Welcome. You can see the energy is high for this one, ladies and gentlemen. So sit back, relax, and buckle up because it's going to get a little while. All right. So first and, seat, <laughs> so first and <laughs> foremost, first and foremost, Gene, just tell a little, for those that don't know who Gene Poo Poo Man Anderson is, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, from the beginning, you know, coming up and how you got into the music business and things of that nature. Well, I was born in the business because I've been in it since I was three years old. And then uh, I, I was on television at eight years old. And, um, uh, I sang the jazz a little bit. I was a street corner doo-wop during the Frank and Lyman era. And uh, I, did, um, I did a doo-wop for a moment. Then I did jazz. And I, when I was in high school, I sung a lot of jazz. So it was a bebop era was, was just fading out, but it was still strong. And I was influenced by it. I sung with Dizzy Gillespie, James Moody. I sung with Duke Ellington. I sung with uh, a lot of the, the uh, mainstream uh, jazz artist that was coming through my hometown, St. Louis, and it was very, it was very jazz orientated. And then I sung it till mm -hmm. I went to the uh, to the army. I went to Vietnam, and then I uh, got into special service in Vietnam. And then I I sung with Shirley Ellis, the girl that made the record Nana Nana, but found up a fee five, but found a man poo poo. Showmobile with them. Then when I got out on me, I did some stuff with a guy named Sam Gary. We did a duet with Sam and Bill. We had a record called Fly Me to the Moon. And we had that one right. and then do it with the Temptations and Junior Walker and Billy Kaya and uh the, the miracles of a lot of Motown acts we toured with. And then I pulled around and got lucky and got married and had a son. And uh that worked for a while. <laughs> I don't need a laughing because it was not a laughing matter. <laughs> and I flew around there and um, uh, I got I got hooked up with Willie Mitchell. Uh, Willie Mitchell uh, uh, had high records and he had, he had just got an artist that he named and he got got him going. It's called Al Green, and uh, yeah. I was with them with Al Green and Otis Redding and. Uh, 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 Otis Clay and Seal Johnson and and Peoples, I can't stand the rain. And I was, oh, I have put them songs together, a lot of those songs together. I did a lot of producing down there. I was with Stax Records for a while. Then I left there and I went back home with my son after me and my wife could not make it. Lord bless him. 
But however, <laughs> um, okay. he was about five, he was about eight years old. And I went back home because uh, I was traveling, lived down there in Memphis, Tennessee. And I met some old Jewish guys that I had known during the years of me trying to make my independent records. And it was a guy by the name of Skip Gorman, and he introduced me to a guy named Harold Goldman, and they liked me pretty well, and they was hanging out there playing gin rum and stuff. And so he said, what would you like to do, son? He said, you ain't doing nothing around here. But, but thinking about it, I said, well, I'd like to do some record promotion and some producing and put some of my own records out. He said, well, in the next month or so, he called me up and said, come on down. We got an office for you. And we got an office. Then we started promoting records. I started promoting records and going to the clubs and stuff. And next day, I get I get a phone call from a guy by the name of Joe Robinson. Joe Robinson owned a record company called All Platinum, and he was having litigation problems with uh, uh, Ray Goodman and Brown, which was the moments at that time. And uh, mm -hmm. so... They couldn't use the record company called All Platinum no more, and they couldn't use the name The Moments no more. So they named themselves Ray Goodman and Brown, and they came with some records and, and, and shipped them to me. And it was a group called Terror, uh, uh, Trouble Funk, and it didn't do no good on a label about uh, uh, Turbo, Turbo Records. Then he sent me a record, he said, he said, Gene, I got a record here that can't nobody do nothing with it. We can't get it played. We can't, nobody understand it or nothing say, see what you can do with it. And he sent it to me overnight and it was the rapper's delights and a hip hop, a hip hop. I said, man, I said, I don't know about nobody else, but I'll do what I can with it. I took it to a friend of mine by the name of Jim Gates over WESL Radio in East St. Louis, Illinois. And Jim Gates broke the record. The record became one of the biggest records in all record history. And uh, I got the credit for it. And then I moved on to the group called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And then I moved on to another group called Sequence. Then I moved on with, with a group called uh, Soul Sonic Force. And next thing I knew, it was Curtis Blow. And next thing I knew, it was Atomic Dog, George Clinton. And I was breaking records here and there. And before you know it, I got famous breaking records. Then I had a couple of records out. I had a record called Give Up the Poo Poo. That's how I got that. All right. Man, so I finally got that record out. Then I fooled around there and I met a guy by the name of Sonny Listen, a prize fighter. He took me to Las Vegas and introduced me to Red Fox and Sammy Davis Jr. So I got on the show with Red Fox and I stayed there with him until he died. No, Sonny got killed. The, moth, the mafia knocked him off. That's mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, they uh -oh. knocked him off, Sonny Listen. Mm -hmm. You can look on untold uh, 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 mysteries, uh, unsolved mysteries, or something <laughs> like that, and it's on YouTube. So it ain't no big deal about me saying that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't be worried. Like, oh, Don't be worried. <laughs> 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 yeah. no, you know, Gene, I, I have a question for you, Gene. I have a question for you. So, um, being that you were instrumental in extending the reach of hip hop. What was it about the St. Louis area area around that time that made them really look at St. Louis to get this new music push? What was that? What, what was it about St. Louis at that time? Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gene Anderson, little poo poo man, that was breaking records here and there, and nobody else could break them because they said that there would be no more hip hop records. This last one, I'm going to play this one, it will be no more. And I said, Well, I got to feed this eight year old kid, so you're going to do something. 
the, the DJ's records rolling. So I just kept on rolling and then getting bigger and the names started getting out and different companies, Tommy Boy Records came to me, uh, Street mm. Rides Records came to me. Uh, 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 I broke a record called Skate Bounce Rock Roll for Von Mason and Crew. Okay. Yeah, uh, skate. Hey. Uh, <laughs> that's what we forgot. That's what we oh, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I got a gold record on the wall right now in, uh, the, of that record there. So, Poo Poo Man, okay. what made you decide to write a book about this? Well, someone I heard, I've heard so many different stories about how hip got, hip hop got started. And I just gave my version. The book is about. The, the birth of hip hop, I had the very first record that hip hop was associated with the genre called hip hop. It was called rap records then. And it was the rapper's delight. I broke the first record ever. I took it to the radio station, took it to the stores, took it to the, the one stop, took it to the distributors, took it to the, the dance halls, took it to the to discos. I took it in the streets. I took it everywhere. I was the first one from an acetate. It came from a, it okay. was a demonstration record. They gave it to me. It was a white label record written in red pencil writing. A guy by the name of Harold had done that. And send it, and they sent it to me, the first five copies that in existence, the first record. So that made me famous because that record became the biggest record of all times. And it's still, the, the track record is still the, yet to be broken about the rapper's delight. And I broke that, I broke the group, I broke that, I did the first, uh, me and WSL and Jim Gates, we did the first rap concert ever. Okay, okay. Uh, they really found a guy by the name of Gene Allison that had the heart to get out in the streets and to take the record out there. I was the straight first street team out there ever. And I started the record pool. We the Midwest. <clears throat> All right. Those record pools are so important. Me being a DJ, I, I, I know the, the value of a good record pool. But my question to you is, do you have a copy of those one of those acetates in your possession still? Do you good still question. own one? I, I don't have a copy of nothing no more. All I got is just the memories and the documentations and this book. Okay. And the book is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And it, and it can be verified by the remaining members of those organizations, those rap groups that I was the one that took them around and got them started. The, the Master G and uh, uh, Wonder Mike is still alive. Uh, Big Bank Hank passed on. And, and the Grandmaster Flash is still alive. Melly Mel is still alive. I did the message. Uh, Scorpio mm. is still alive. Curtis Blow is still alive. I got him started. Uh, George Clinton is still alive. I, got, I broke Atomic Dog. And, and so it's still some... Uh, 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 artists that's still alive that I got started will verify that I was the one that got them, took them around, got their records played and got them. The, Wonder Mike didn't even know what an autograph was. I took him to a store. <laughs> I remember that in the book, yeah. <laughs> to a store called Peaches. And, and mm -hmm. that was on their first promo tour. They came down in a little ragged ass bus. <laughs> and I, took him, I took him to a store, a chain store called Peaches, and he said, "Miss Anderson, why is it that this girl keep 
trailing me around talking about she wants my autograph. What she talking about? What's her autograph? I said, it's your name. Just write it on a piece of paper and give it to her. <laughs> but I just wanted to clarify something. So in the Midwest, they weren't playing rap or a lot of funk. And you were just instrumental in getting that pushed in the Midwest. Is that correct? Matter of fact, the Middle West was the only place that would play the records first because the records, rap music was unheard of. They never knew nothing about no rap music. All that knew that they was taking records that was familiar with and doing and, 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 and dubbing out the voices and putting their voices in it. All that they knew was that. And they just said, wait a minute, this is not Sheik. This is not the Eisner Brothers. This is not George Clinton. These are some more people talking over these records. And, and, and the, the, the DJs didn't want to play them. They said, man, we we, we robbing these other guys out of their records. But in time that the records was hitting the streets, I was going to the clubs, staying out 24 hours a day. I got a street team together. We were taking these records. And the records was breaking out of St. Louis because that was the only place that would play them. Unheard of. Mm. The records, that's why it was in the Midwest was so powerful in breaking out these records. Then, then they was making so much noise with these records. They said, well, we might as well go to uh, Chicago with them. I took them to Chicago. I took them to Kansas City. I took them to Memphis, Tennessee. I took them to New Orleans. And before you know it, some more people was coming out with some rap music. Then Curtis Blow was the first single artist. Everybody else was groups. The Funkin' Four Plus One and, and uh, 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 the Treacherous Three. And there was all groups and stuff. So Sonic Force came up with with the record Planet Rock, and Joey Robinson brought it to me. I came to, to New Jersey to 96 West Street to Sugar Hill Records, and he played a cassette. They had cassettes then. They didn't have nothing else. They played cassettes. Mm-hmm. Said, what do you think about this record? I said, that's a smash. Tom Silverman, who owned Tommy Boy Records, was hanging out in the basement Sugar Hill Records. Trying to steal everything he could get from anybody that would would fall off the tree over to the Sugar Hill group. And Joe didn't want to take the, the Soul Sonic Force because he had too many groups. There was all mm-hmm. of us hitting because I done broke everything he had because I'm making money with Joe for the first time in my life. I'm making money. So uh-huh. they they signed with the uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was distributing for Tommy Boy Records. And we went to a thing called Jack the Rappers. They had- Oh, I remember those. He went for Jack the Rapper, Jack Gibson, mm-hmm. and, and the BRE, Sidney Miller, Sidney just died. And uh, Jack been dead, and we used to go to the conventions and promote our records there at the, at the record conventions. And uh, Warner Brothers, a guy by the name of Donnie Brooks, an ex shocker from WES, the KATZ in St. Louis, had turned record promoter, uh, the vice president of Warner Brothers R&B section. And uh, we, I went to his suite, and it was a guy by the name of Walt Baby Love, a white guy. He was a promoter for uh, uh, Tommy Boy Records. And I said, what you got in your sack, man? You need, you know, we used to have sacks to carry records in. And say, what you got in your sack? He say, I got this new record, uh, Planet Rock. He say, but I don't really think nothing of it, so I ain't gonna do nothing with it. I said, Planet Rock? I said, I know that record. I said, let me see it. He gave it to me. I said, listen. I said, give me $100, I'll get it broke. 
<laughs> I took the record to Donna Brooks, and Donna Brooks, I said, Donna Brooks, play this record for me. He said, man, I can't play this record because it ain't a Warner Brothers record. I said, man, come on, you can do the record. Do me a favor. I've done you a bunch of favors. So he played the record Planet Rock, and the record bust so bam! Everybody hit the dance floor at the record. <laughs> The record broke out Planet Rock, rock, rock to the Planet Rock, don't stop. And so yeah, that, that I, was I, I said, give me 10 of them. He gave me 10 of them. I went around, passed them out to different suites and stuff and took it home to St. Louis and put it on the radio. The record turned out to be one of the biggest records in the whole wide world, the Planet Rock by Soul Sonic Force. Mm. Well, this as this has been a great history moment in hip hop. I mean, you pretty much run down a lot of information, and a lot most of this information you can find in the book. And the book is called "The Birth of Hip Hop: Rappers to Light" by Gene Poopo Anderson. It's available anywhere you buy books at. Now, what we're gonna do now, Gene? This is how this works. You know, we've got five of those songs that you mentioned that you uh, broke into the hip hop scene, and we've got five of our favorite hip hop records as well. We're gonna listen to a little bit of some of them right now. Do you mind? That's great. I want to tell you, I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to express my opinion and my thoughts about hip-hop music. It wasn't named hip-hop. It was called rap records. <laughs> he said a hip, a hop, a hip and a hop. That was the first thing, the first lyrics that he said on A Rapper's Delight. That's where the word hip-hop really caught on on a national level. So, and since you mentioned it, let me go ahead and play Rapper's Delight right now. Okay, give let her roll! To the hip hip hopper, you don't stop the rocker to the bang bang boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. Now, what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. Hello! To the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta bang bang the boogie to the boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the bang bang boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop, rock the rhythm, and I'll make your body rock. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, <laughs> parties that officially started. Yeah. <laughs> when I first heard that record, I said, wait a minute. That sheet, that's not no rapper's delight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it. I took it to the radio station, and they had a, a loudspeaker on the outside of the radio station. And they played the record. The record was 15 minutes long. Nobody wanted to play no record, no 15 minutes. That's a half of a program. Half of a the jock soul night day. And they put the record on, and you could hear it outside, and school was letting out. And I looked out the side of the radio station. All the kids that was coming out of school was over in the parking lot of the radio station, break dancing and dancing and, and, and dancing to the record. And uh, I knew I had a hit record. Uh, absolutely. Mm. I know, let's tell you how big of a hit it was. Uh, came out in 1979. Uh, in 2014, it made the Grammy Hall of Fame. Number two greatest hip hop record of all time. Charted all the way up to number 36 on the uh, Hot 100 chart. So, I mean, great job, uh, Mr. Pooper Man, for, for your instincts uh, uh, for wanting to push that record. Well, you know, you can get the book and just go up on 
thegeneanalysisstory.com. And it'll pop up. It's on Barnes and Noble and it's on Amazon. But you go, go to You can see the pictures. You can see the book. You can see the information. You can see all of the incidents that, that transpired concerning the development of hip-hop because it was a long journey for hip-hop to catch on and to become a mainstream genre of music. So it... Mm-hmm. it it's not the only thing I've ever done. Oh, we know that. We know that, James. One of the major things that I've done. What, I, let's, I, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's let's hear another one of the, one of those songs that you broke. Let's hear another one. What's next, Kim? African Bombada in the Soul Sonic Force, Planet Rock. Yes. Absolutely. The song came out in 1980, uh, 82. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a, a big instrument in the hip hop culture. It's still played and been sampled by several artists. We, we've heard it sampled by several artists, not just hip hop artists, but as well as uh, 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 pop artists as well. Very instrumental, again, in the hip hop and the music industry. And again, you know, Gene Anderson, you know, one, one of the first ones to break that record. Again, right? Hey, not only that. That girl, uh, 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 what's her name? She she did she did a, a rhapsody, rhapsody. Uh, uh, what's her name? The white girl. She did a rhapsody song called Rhapsody. She mentioned Grandmaster Flash. Oh, you talking about Rapture? Go no, Blondie, 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 Blondie. 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 Rapture. Yeah, the Rapture she, record by Blondie. She yeah. broke, she's the one that broke hip hop because. The white folks wasn't listening to that until she did rapture. She said, flashes this and flashes that and flashing this and Grandmaster Flash. And before you know it, everybody levitated toward Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five. That's what broke and crossed it over. Blondie. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. You do have a point. Blondie did mention Grandmaster Flash, and that was the first white person. Yeah, and Fat Friday Friday, and she was the first one to mention them and actually do a rap. So that did help it to cross over. You, you are right. Yeah, I remember because I met her. 
Okay. Because Joe Joe Robinson was pushing her because she had pushed them. Right, okay. right, right. And we're talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about uh, Blondie. Uh, Debbie Harry is, is Debbie the actual. Harry. Is Debbie the, Harry, uh, yeah. Is the lady, uh, the, the, what, the rapper uh, in the group Blondie, uh, who we're referring to uh, as far as the, the, uh, the song Rapture. So, again, yeah. big shout out to, to them as well. So, now, Gene, what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of take a, a, a quick left, real quick. We're going to play some of our music that our, our favorite hip hop songs. And, and to let you, if you got anything you want to interject, at this point, as we play a little bit of them, feel free to do so, okay? Come on, let it roll. All right, what's, what's next, Kim? Now, we want to play our stuff, or do we want to go and make sure that we play his music, Keeping the Funk Alive, real quick? Let's yeah. do that. Let's let's let's, play, let's keep the funk alive. Funk let's keep the funk now. alive, and everybody <laughs> want to party. We're going to go ahead and play. Oh, my Now you told me that's this, right. is, this, this is the next flashlight, the, the new version of flashlight. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, how you yeah, described yeah. it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the next flashlight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What makes you say that? Because flashlights are very popular song back right, in the day. You what? know what? I'm P Funk. The groove is there, the beat is there, the rhythm is there, and I can't be nothing else but flashlight. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that driving bass. Huh? The, the driving bass, that I, I love that part of it yeah, as well. Listen, all you gotta do is just play it on your radio station and keep it rolling and it'll, it'll take off, trust oh, me. Most yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, and how about we go on into Everybody Wants the Party? Let's keep it rolling. Oh, everybody wants, you know that record too, girl? I, I'm gonna play it for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hit this.
Now, quick question, wow. Bob Gene. <clears throat> now, who's the guy that sounds like Eddie Kendrick on the vocals? That's Steve Boyd. Ah. Okay, that's okay. The lead singer of Parliament Funkadelic, the new lead singer. Okay. 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 And also, he's singing on Doggy Dog World, Snoop Dogg's record, too. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who's dramatic? Gotcha. All right. How many people in the band, Gene? Huh? How many people in the band? In Parliament? Right, right. Well, that's part of the, the whole the band uh, collective right now. How many people are part of that right now? Probably 30. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. okay. Wow. George Clinton, he starts, off, he starts off a tour. Hey, back in the day, he started off a tour with about 12 or 13 people. And he ended up with two with 60. Mm -hmm. Wow. Everywhere, George don't tell nobody. Just get on the bus. Come on. And before you know <laughs> it, you got a stage, you got a, a bus load of stage full of people playing and, and funking like you never believe. And it, it, that's just his way. He took me well, on, he took me on a on a on a a trip to San Francisco, and I stayed with him 28 years. Good Lord. Okay. Wow. Well, speaking of George Clinton, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, no, before we do that, but hearing that song makes me wonder, uh, picture your live performances. I can only imagine your your, your show for this, for this material. So are you all touring right now? Are you all actually, you all have a show that you're uh, going around in different? New show we're putting together. We're still putting okay. out records associated. Ryan Cat's got to have a record coming out. He's got a record coming out. Steve, that's Steve's record. My record's Keeping the Funk Alive. We got two or three more P-Funk artists that's former P-Funk members. That's, you're never, you're never former with P-Funk. Either you go out or you don't. You know, mm. like, uh, we're going to be coming out, we call ourselves the P-Funk alumni. Okay. okay. All right. There's been members <laughs> of the Parliament Funk. We all finna get together with some new youngsters, and we're gonna go out there and, and, and probably this fall, probably right. have a major tour as the P Funk alumni. Well, let's okay. go ahead and play us some George Clinton right now. Atomic yeah. Dog, one of our favorites. Ooh. I, I broke that record too. I know you did. <laughs> For the dog that changed this tale, we'll be busy. Rhythmic dogs, harmonic dogs, house dogs, street dogs, dogs of the world unite, dancing dogs. Yeah, kind dog, funky dogs, nasty dogs. And George had a suite, 
and Capital didn't want to put the record out. So Joy said, I'm going to put the record out myself, even though it's on Capital. We had cassettes. George didn't play number two records the whole convention, the whole week. Number two records. That was the message. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes you wonder where you keep going under. Uh-huh. Atomic dog. So when the convention was over, I talked to his, his, his high, his, one of his men named Ramon. I said, Ramon, give me that cassette. He said, listen, man. He said, George will die if I give you a cassette. We ain't got but a couple of them. I said, man, give me that cassette. He said, don't let him see you got it. He gave it to me and I put it up under my shirt and sneaked it out of the building. And I took it to Jockenstein and me, Randy OJ, Big Ralph and Jockenstein took that record and put it on a cassette at the radio station and broke it on the radio WSL, the same one that broke the rappers alike, played it over there, took it to the club and put it on a boom box in the club. And played on the microphone with a gifts of boombox. And, and before you know it, the record bust out, and Capitol Records almost had a hemorrhage because they were trying to hold George down, and we done broke the record. Mm. Mm. Wow, wonderful story. Mm. Absolutely. Again, that was Atomic Dog. Uh, was from Atomic the, Dog. From the, from the album Computer Games in 1982, reached number one in the RB chart. So, I mean, hey, that's 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 saying a whole lot. You know, you broke. That's the, the one, one. That's one of the biggest records and record black record history. It, it absolutely is. It yeah. absolutely is. All right, but yeah, yeah. My great name. video by the way too. A lot great of video. video. A lot of yeah, video. Love the music yeah. video. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How about that? How about that? Uh, 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 it's like a jungle sometimes, and make you wonder where you keep Mel and Mel. Okay, I, I tell you what, hey Kim, let let's do it. Okay. The message. The message. So, one second. You ain't got the message. Yeah, one yeah. second. I had a list. The memo. <laughs> the pressure. Ah, got it. Here we go. Here we go. Fucking <laughs> glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room. Roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far Cause a man with the tow truck repossessed my car Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under Standing on the front stoop Hanging out the window Watching all the cars go by roaring the all right. Yeah, I broke that record I took that record to Chicago and a dish had to pull a gun on me and told me you were not going to leave. <laughs> pull a gun on you? Good Lord. And say you're not going to leave this club with this record because it was an acetate. It wasn't no record. And I was going to WDON radio station to see Purvis Fan with the record to see if I could get him to play the record. And I said, man, I can't leave without the record. He said, well, you're going to leave here without the record to pull a gun on me. I said, well, it ain't that serious, man. Don't to worry about it. And when he turned his head, I took the record, sneaked it in my shirt, and, and sneaked out the door with it. And sneaked out the door with it. I, 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 Joe Robinson bought me a little sports car. I rode past the club, and, and, and they were standing outside with their pistol in their hand, looking for me up mm. the streets. And I hollered out the car, Hi, old silver, away! <laughs> oh, oh, my Lord! Hey, Gene, 
Gene, I'm curious. So, so Dan, uh, when it came to record promotions, they would give you guys just the acetate and not a test pressing first? They would just give I, you the acetate? I, I personally was getting acetates and test presses because okay. I so strong into the record promotion days. These was the early, early days of this was before uh, 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 CDs. Mm -hmm. They were actual records. So they would get them to me. They'd fly them to me in an airplane. I didn't have no overnight mail. None of that shit was going on. There wasn't no overnight UPS and all that. It was They sent them in an airplane. I go out to the airport and pick the records up. I get five in a, in a package. They weighed a ton that was made out of steel. And, and I mm. Four or five of them, and, and then I take them around and I get them played, and I take them back. I get them played three or four times in the club, and I take them back and take them to another club because we didn't ever have no. It'd be, be almost a week later before I got a box of 25. Or 50. Okay, okay. So I was promoting what they had. They were there. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's intriguing. That's intriguing because I mean, uh, just just from the the art of of promotion itself, it's hand in hand, on foot, word of mouth. In that time frame, you know, now now you have social media that can just <laughs> do the do the work for you. But then it was like you were the social media. You were the you were it was uh -huh. yeah, it was on you to make sure that the dots are connected. I was a physical media. He was the man <laughs> on the street. Doing the real yeah. street work on the ear. I, I took a record from from the radio station. They play, I let them play it five or six times of that day. Sit there at the radio station all day, drink coffee, and talk bloop to bloop. And next thing <laughs> I know, I, I I take the record back out and take it to the clubs. I take because they had they had a, 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 a live broadcast in the clubs. They play the records and tell you, come on down, say, let them in, Big Mike, let them in. Yes, yes. We playing the records down here. We blah, blah, blah. Come on in. Mm. And the people was dancing in the clubs, listening to the people on the radio. And so I take it down there and they play the same record that they played in, in the daytime and go to the clubs and play the same record. You can still hear it on the radio. So one of the so records was probably going to be. Big Daddy Kane, warm it up. Let me play that for you. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Okay, Competition may find it spectacular. Scheme and fiend to take a bite like Dracula. And waste the taste, cause ain't no sugar here. So come here if you dare, you booger bear. You start hallucinating like magic. The rap gets tragic and Kane won't have it. Cause you tried to juice me when you're bluffing. Slowed the pace, so I had to start rushing. So pick a BC date, cause your history. Here comes Kane, Scoop, Scrap, J, and Mr. C. And this is one thing to us, we ain't noodle. The cruel cast fell on the crowd just like poodle. I'm the man you can't hold back. And all competition appeared to be weak. I meant to say whack. A vision of blood. Just a thinking I'm competing, I say, huh? Warm it up, man. Warm it up. All right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you already know the vibes. That was Big Daddy K with Warm It Up, released back in 1989 from the It's a Big Daddy Thing album. And uh, what can you say? I mean, Big Daddy Kane, one of the most sharpest lyricists of all time, and he showed his he showed his genius in that song. Not just that song, but a lot of other tracks. Um, it's a Big Daddy Thing was really big, a really big album for him in '89. Came out with a lot of, I think. Uh, uh, Smooth Operator was on that album. Uh-huh. Uh, several mm-hmm. other ones, you know, and um, Big Daddy Kane just did his thing on that one. I mean, he, doesn't get, his, he doesn't get his props like he should. Because nah. mm. nah. Big Daddy Kane was one of the original, not original originals, but that kind of crossed over to the point that even some of the pop culture knew yeah. who Big Daddy mm-hmm. Kane was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is his best-selling album, I believe. The second, re- this, the it's a big daddy thing. I think it was his top-selling album out of all of his releases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great, uh, a great, a great album to say to say the least. Uh, let's move on, Kim. All right, Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy, you know what? I broke these are the breaks with Curtis Blow. Yeah, Kane came in. He came in late. I was through with that. I was on. I was on the stage with Red Fox by the time Big Daddy Kane showed up. I oh yeah, yeah. I was through directing the promotion stuff. I was on. I was a star. Now I ain't got time for that. <laughs> but, but I do have Curtis Blow the breaks right here. Yeah, hit it. I'm gonna step out with another man, and she runs off to them to Japan. And the IRS says they want to chat. And you can't explain why you claimed your cat. And my bell sends you a whopping bill. With 18 phone calls to Brazil. And you borrowed money from the mob. And yesterday you lost your job. Well, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Yes. Yeah, I broke that record. I broke that. I broke basketball too. All right. Oh, All right. I remember basketball. Yeah, that's All my right. friend Curtis Blow. That's he's still my friend. Absolutely. Those are the breaks by, by uh, Curtis Blow. Came out in 1980. Hit number four on the R&B charts. Number nine on the dance charts. Uh, number 87 on the top 100. A great song by Curtis Blow. Along with several other uh, chart topping hits that he had, including basketball, basketball, uh, and, the, and the other one, Christmas break, the Christmas, mm-hmm. break. Christmas song, a- a- absolutely. And I five rule the world, if I rule the world, along with mm-hmm. others, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And Bro, he's, you know, he had a heart attack, then he had a yeah. heart transplant. Right. Mm-hmm. He had yeah. a heart transplant lately. I mean, last year. As soon as he got through with it. He called me up and said, Gene, I got a new heart. I say, ain't nothing wrong with your other heart. It was decent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my boy. He, I love Curtis. He, he's a very decent person. Uh, absolutely. Now, real quick question before we go any further. How did you and George Clinton meet up? I met George Clinton in 1967. I was uh, me and Alvin Cash, the guy that made a record called Twine Time. And the Philly Freeze, the Philly uh, Alvin got a boogaloo. This is back in the 60s. Uh-huh. I cut a record called The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh-huh. 
and Alpha Flip Wilson had a show and this this cliche was the devil made me do it. I cut a record called the devil made me do it. And uh, it was on Westbound and we took it to Westbound Records to I'm a Milady and Big Bernie in Detroit. But in the process, George and, and Ray Davis, the, 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 turn the roof off the mother, turn the roof off the mother. The basically, <laughs> <laughs> was in the office, arguing with I'm a Milady about the money. Right. And I asked Alvin, I said, Alvin, why you want to be in this office and sign me up with, with, with these people? And they won't even pay these boys. Wow. Alvin said, mm. shut up and take the money and let's get out of here. So they gave me $10,000. That's back in the 60s. $10,000 was a lot of money, man. Yep. They gave me $10,000 for the record. I took George and Ray Davis to the hotel with me. They still, that mouth stuck out with armor about not giving them no money. We spent about $2,000. We stayed in the hotel a week. We partied mm. like rock stars. I mean, we did everything you could think of. And next thing I know, they put out a record called uh, 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 I Won't Testify. They used Billy Bass them. They got Billy Bass them and Eddie Hazel them from out of Canada. And they started a, a group called Funkadelic because they was parliament. And they, they started a group called Funkadelic. Funkadelic was the band, and Parliament was the singers. That's why it's been going on all these years that Parliament, Funkadelic started singing later on. But they was the band to Parliament. And they just combined mm. Parliament Funkadelic. And what happened was they was having problems with the record company as usual because George was slick. George would go and get a budget and 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 cut two albums and mm -hmm. be the same players in one set of the album would be Parliament and mm. another album would be Funkadelic and they'd be on two different labels. He got that from Ike Turner. Okay. Ike Turner was mm. the that did that. Then then James Brown did it. Jay Brown had the horny horns. He, you know, he had the, the JBs. He had uh, Big Mama, somebody, and he had the James Brown, and and so George used that theory and came up with he, he, after he stole Maceo Parker them. They named them the horny horns. Then he got some girls that used to sing in background on all the sessions and named them the Parlettes. And then he got another set of girls and named them the Brides of Funkenstein. Then he named them again. He named the Parliament. Then he named uh, 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 Funkadelic. And on and on. Gene, Gene, pause quite quick. I have a question for you, and I want to hear a director from you. What exactly is funk? Funk? Mm -hmm. What's your definition of funk? You do the, as George Clinton told me once, he said, you just do the best you can didn't funk it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in other words, funk is a colloquialism for uh, a cuss, uh, uh, as a, I guess, a substitution for a cuss word. And is no, that, that it? 
No, you just, you just, you just funk it. You just funk it, do the best you can, do all you can, put it in, and then just funk it. Well, I tell you what. Okay, so funk. Go ahead, so go ahead, regardless of what instrument, you just play the hell out of the instrument, make it do what it does, and more. No, no, Byron. No, Byron. <laughs> No. You funk it, you funk it, you funk it. Funk it, you funk it, you funk it. You go to another round. I don't mean funk it. Put some stank up on it. Yeah. I've always wanted, you know, I, I, you know, it's good to hear, like, from the pioneers. I've, I've always been curious what, you know, it, it, what you categorize that particular genre or that sound, you know, as fun, rather than what, what the media or the masses categorize it. It's the beat. All to right. me, Parliament Funkadelic is the epitome of funk. And anything mm. that falls under that, you're just trying to reach that funkiness. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's and, but, but, but the worst you can do is just funk it. Oh, what the funk? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and that's the term of the year, y'all. Funk. In yeah, all things in life, just funk it. <laughs> all right. Don't funk it up. Just funk it up. Hey, Gene, man, we, we want to tell you thank you, man, for uh for being on the good good, man. We, we really... one, listen, this is one of the most cheerful interviews I've had in a long time. We we really appreciate you so much. We appreciate your contribution to hip hop. Ladies and gentlemen, his book is out now. The Birth of Hip Hop Rappers Delight, the Gene Anderson story. You see it. Go cop it on all everywhere that you have been buy your books, Barnes and Nobles, uh, wherever you can buy your books. Make sure you Amazon. Amazon got a lot of great information, a lot of great pictures involved, uh, are included in the book as well. Thank you, ladies. ladies and gentlemen. My guest for this week on the good good, Mr. Gene Poo Poo Man Anderson. Thank you for being Thank you. I've had a marvelous time and I've been gone. I've been <laughs> on. So now I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a see y'all. All right. All right. Take care, Take G. Care. And don't forget to play that record. All it's right, we got you. We got you. What is mine? All right. All right. We keeping the funk alive. All right. All right. Okay, Go get the fuck. Keep on. <laughs> All right, G. Go get, get the funk out of here, G. Yeah, get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, y'all. Take it easy. Take care. Thank, Thank you right. so Take much. Care. Thank you. Bye. All right, next up, we cannot go any further without EPMD, You Got to Chew. Let's do it. And, yeah. and we, we mean that right now. We really do. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can be who. Sound like a song. I just get down and I go for my say check one two one two and one down line to the average of C. I'm known as the Terminator, funky the maker, Blue Jack Terminator. Destroying a ploy when your rhymes are not void. Never sweating your girl, why pay? Cause she's a steam choice. When I'm on it, when I'm on it, rock the spot. I grab the steel with the crown on top in the beginning. I like to let my rhymes flow. And at 12, I press cruise control. 
Sit back and relax. Let my rhymes tax. Maintain a please while I doubly max. Always calm under pressure. No need to act ill. Listen when I tell you, boy. You got to shit out. Man, man. EPMD, you got to chill. Yes. Was released as a single from their 1988 debut album, Strictly Business. It reached number 22 on the US R&B charts. The song prominently features a sample from More Bounce to the Ounce by Zap and Jungle Boogie by Cool in the Game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Eric Sermon gets his props either. Uh, no, he does not. I, no, I'm glad. Does not. I'm actually glad we're doing this episode because it, it, when you start hearing these songs again, they just have a different feel to them. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. I mean, we, we I think we kind of took them for granted a little bit coming up. We we love the music, but we didn't know exactly how valuable or what type of impact they they actually had for our culture until right. me, until now. You know, what what do you guys think? Man. Eric Sermon can actually be argued as being one of the best MCs out there ever. Honestly, he can be. And he definitely does not get his flowers like he should. I wish we heard more of him, more from him, rather. Yeah, it's it's just amazing how much longevity Eric Sermon has. To this day, to me, he has strong longevity. Uh, He's still looked at as one of those bonafide sought after MCs. And you know, I'm surprised he hasn't popped up on the verses because I could actually Yes, yeah. I could see that. I, I could actually see him in, in part of uh, EPMD collective or him by himself. Uh, what do you somebody. think about a versus between EPMD and Eric B and Rakim? Mm. I don't think that's a fair you know, I don't think that's fair. I, I, I don't I, think, I don't know. You don't think you don't think it's fair, Marcus? Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from uh, EPMD, but I just think Eric B and Rakim are just too solid. Uh, it's too solid, but uh, especially, I mean, lyrically, you got two contrasting styles. Uh-huh. Um, mm. I, I just think Eric B was. I'm excuse me, not Eric B, but um, yeah, Eric B and Rakim. Rakim, you know himself. You know, I mean, uh-huh. he, he's just a monster <laughs> to me. You know. Well, let so you me. Think, let, uh, let's, EPMD okay. is too laid back to compare to them, or what? Yeah. I, 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 uh, sort of, kinda, yeah, maybe, but I, I just, you just have to. To me, the music styles just don't really jive Mesh. together. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know. Okay, okay, that's, that's something to think about. But let's right, listen to Eric B making dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's listen to some Eric B and Rakim right now, paid in full. All right. Yeah. Well, master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I get deep up, still coming up with lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how I could've get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, roll up, roll up I used to roll up, roll up I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling You still don't nothing move but the money But now I learned to earn cause I'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a 9 to 5 If I strive, then maybe I stay alive So I walk up That's my joint <laughs> So Paid is Full was actually the debut album of Eric B. and Rock Kim released on July 7, 1987. And 
by Island Subsidiary Label, Fourth and Broadway Records. The duo recorded the album at hip hop producer Molly Marl's home studio and became rap legends from then on. You know, I talked about the rap styles of both of them. And that's what I heard after you played them back to back. It's really not that different. No. It's really no, not I that think, different. I think it was the go. I, I just maybe I'm thinking more type as as far as like the maybe Rakim is a little bit harder how they evolved how he evolved right. from that how, you know right but right back then he kind of had similar styles I thought right and, and I guess I'm focusing more on this I think Eric being Rakim were a little bit more successful mm. than, than yeah. EPM and PMD were I guess that's what I'm focusing on but truth be matter be told I mean I just now, now that I listen to both of them back to back, there's really not too much of a contr- contrasting style between the two. I so honestly I, just feel it will just be a great feel good yeah. versus just to not even really a versus, just have them both up there and exactly. just do exactly. their thing. That would be great. I would love exactly. to see that. Exactly. Yeah. What's next, Ken? Want to hear some cool mode? Let's hear it. How you like Ooh. me now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me like a pony. I'm no phony, I'm the only real microphone playing the mic like it's supposed to be played. New Jacks, you all should have stayed out of the business. What is this amateur night at the Apollo? Get off this stage, I'm enraged, just like a lion trapped inside of a cage. I'm the real king. Rap is a jungle. I never understood how could one go to a party, watch me, stand around and jock me, become a rapper, then try to rock me, scheming like a demon, you're screaming and dreaming. I'm from the old school, I used to see men die for less, but I'm not living that way. I let my mic do the talking and let the music play. All right. Yes, indeed. What can you say about how you like me now? It takes me back to my high school days. It's part of my top 10 hip hop albums or albums and songs. Um, of all time, released in 1987. It was the first single from the second studio album titled the same name, How You Like Me Now. Produced in collaboration with Teddy Riley, believe it or not. And um, it was a diss track to rival rapper LL Cool J, Mm. peaking at number 22 on the hot R&B hip hop songs chart for Billboard. And also uh, number 86 on the UK chart. Okay, so, uh, okay. solid, solid track from Cool Mo D. Very, very solid track indeed. Matter of fact, uh, kind of found out when I was looking up some of this information, kind of found out this year, Cool Mo D will be 60 years old. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. So, so which kind of, kind of puts in perspective why he always sounded so solid and so mm. polished in, in a lot of his music. Because he was, when this, I think when this song came out, he was already almost 30 years old, almost uh-huh. pushing 30 years mm-hmm. old. So, I mean, it says a lot, you know, how, as far as like he had plenty of time to kind of sharpen his skills, to say the least. You know, so much so, play the other one, Kim. All right. <laughs> I go to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I go to work like a doctor. When I rock the mic, you got to like the way I operate. I make miracles happen just for rapping. I'm so lyrically potent, and I'm floating and exploding mean i got the potential to make it go then chill i got the credentials that is the essential to make a rhyme and chill then you know i will fulfill make a couple of mil as i build a guild for all the rappers to skill and kill the weak rappers and no frill hang him in effigy if he's a sucker hang him to the left of me because my right hand man is my mic stand and the microphone that i own and my game plan is keep it at a steady pace 
Ain't no reason to rush, it ain't no race I'ma hit the top just when I wanna And it's a matter of time and I'm gonna Cause I know winter, go ahead and enter The classic Modi rap that sent ya Running around, holding your hand, asking your homeboy Yo man, you heard what he said? Another funky rhythm, look at your man and give him a high five Cause I'm live, running around with him Telling everybody hanging out on the block It's time to wake up and check the clock Punch it I go to work another one yeah he, he, he definitely he, needs to get his flowers because he, he ain't playing he was not playing that's from the album knowledge is king but you know what really really kind of made this song even 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 though it was hot back in the in the late 80s you know what i'm saying but you know why i really like this song why you remember the, you remember the part on our uh, love and basketball where he started to kind of put the highlight on uh uh quincy mm-hmm and, how, and they they were playing. And they were playing this song, man. Oh, and you got hyped. You got hyped. You got, hyped. You got uh -huh. real hyped. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Cool Mo D. I mean, I mean, one of the greatest hip hop artists of our time that doesn't really get the the, uh, the respect that he deserves. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and put it in the atmosphere. You know, we're gonna have him on this podcast one day. Yes, we will. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, have everyone that we feel yeah. that should be getting their flowers. We want to have them on this show and yeah. give them their flowers. Mm -hmm. We're going to give them their Definitely. flowers. So a big shout out to Cool Mo D and all the other hip hop artists, you know, that we're, we're highlighting today. We thank you for the, for the contribution that you made to the culture to our lives, you know, to say the least, but, uh, but what's next, Kim? Well, since we mentioned that this track for LL, let's play some LL <laughs> right now. Rock the bells. All right. single release from his debut uh, Cool J's debut album Radio. Solid release. I think it picked up number 17 on the hot R&B hip hop songs chart. Believe it or not, no bells can be heard on this song. You heard any bells on this song? <laughs> not a one. Not a one. But this song is so synonymous and so classic that there's actually a serious radio station named after this called Rock the Bells, where you can help you hear mm. all the latest classic hip hop on it. Shout out to Rock and the Bells. Dance, and, and also a dance um, uh, showcase competition called Rock the Bells, too. Mm -hmm. Hip hop dance. Uh, absolutely. Cowbell you know, also heard, heard through the song. Cowbell. Yeah, I did hear Cowbell. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and real quick, y'all, uh, you guys, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say this though. Before the uh, the shows, the movies, the crossover hits, LL was one of the best MCs. Of all he time. was and is and is. I, 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 mean, I know yeah. uh, America really knows him as an actor now and the yeah. first black man to survive mm -hmm. a horror movie, but <laughs> but but LL is a, is. Is is one of he he made that crossover one one of the first to make that crossover. He was the first he? solo yeah. rap artist on Def Jam, I think, wasn't he? Oh, Kuj was the first solo. I believe rap he artist was. 
I believe okay. it was. Yeah, because yeah, it was Run DMC and Beastie Boys. Okay, and right. Him. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, what's next, Kim? One of my favorite MCs, the teacher, KRS One, my philosophy. Oh, yeah. What, where, why, or when? We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. When I'm asking you, who is more dramatic? This one or that one? The white one or the black one? Black the pumpkin, I'll jump up to attack one. Terrorist one is just the gotta lead a crew. Right up to your face and diss you. Everyone saw me on the last album cover. Holding a pistol, something far from a lover. Beside my brother, S-C-O-T-T. -T. I just laugh, cause no one can defeat me. This is lecture number two, my philosophy. Number one was poetry, you know it's me. You know it's my philosophy. Many artists gotta learn. I'm not flammable, I don't burn. Another one that you better listen. Listen. So this is the first song on KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions' second album by all named All By All Means Necessary, released on May 31st, 1988 on Jive Records. My philosophy contains a sample from Stanley Turandine's song Sister Sanctified in 2008, and the single My Philosophy was ranked number 49 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, KRS One uh, again, one of those artists that doesn't get the flowers. Uh, you know, you think about artists like KRS One, Public Enemy, those guys. Their their main focus was to bring awareness and attention to the issues that were going on in our nation at the time, and teach and, you things that you weren't being taught in school. Exactly. And it seems to me, you know, a lot of times, and it, and it still holds true to this day, you know, a lot of times those records are pushed to the side. Mm -hmm. you, you know, they don't get as much uh, play. But somehow, those that record, I mean, uh, well, um, KRS-One and some, a lot of his records still were able to, to stand the test of time for the most part. You know, I can't exactly put my finger on exactly why. Maybe because of the production um, in the music and whatnot. But uh, one of those records where you got a message and you still dance to it, you you, mm -hmm. you know, does that make sense? What I'm saying? I, I oh yeah, really oh yeah. 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 D nice so, was a combination of D nice at the helm, you know, uh, as a DJ and Miss Melody, the whole collective. It just added to the whole vibe of looking at productions. But to me, KRS One was like more of like the the ambassador, educator, ambassador of of hip hop, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, just yeah. whenever you ever, whenever you would hear him talk about hip hop or the art form, candidly, he was always so. He on was point. eloquent with his speaking and very passionate. Yeah. yeah. K yeah. With KRS One, you can still see him on tour as well as he does the lecture circuit. Also, you need to listen to him. Okay. And the verses. <laughs> yeah. Right? Has and, he been on the verses? He are, did he do it already? I think he. Something was he who was he, he matched up with a versus? I think something went down. Well, I can't remember. I think he had a versus, but either he did it, but he did it by himself. I'm not sure. Somebody look it up while we move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and the reason why, and I know the reason why you feel the way you feel, Byron, but we'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> you know the reason why. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up, no, no. Houdini, five minutes of funk. Hmm. All right. F U N K. 
<laughs> All right. Which answers the, which answers the question. I was. That's the reason. The fuck. Ladies, real pretty, city to city. But now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. From the bottom to the top, top to the bottom. I'm gonna rock them while I still got them. I'll rap and shower, has style and power, and this is our disco hour. I don't know if all of you have heard, so it's up to me to spread the word about the man that we feel. It's got to be real. I'm proud of the wheels are still. He goes by the name of Grandmaster D. So if it's all right with you, it's all right with me. We're gonna rock you people's minds with ease, with some help from the maestro, if you please. Five minutes of Classic. Yeah. This is what this is episode is called: Classic Hip Hop. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing about this record is that it, you know it was included on that second album that they released, but it was out long before that album came out. It was already in circulation as a single, so it's not necessarily charted as a single from the song, but it's on the—I mean, from the album, but it's on on the album, which is the most interesting thing to me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember the the, the lead singer's uh, first name, and the reason why I'm trying to remember his first name—he passed is, away last year. That's exactly. You know, ecstasy, exactly. I don't know why. My favorite. He was just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I just can't understand. I can understand, I understand, but at the same time, it just doesn't seem real. It seems like he has so much left, you know, to live for, mm-hmm. so much more life to live, you know, and, and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, rest in peace to ecstasy, you know, a pioneer in the hip hop game, you know. Definitely. Houdini definitely met, uh, left their mark uh, in the hip hop culture, you know. And, and the pop culture, because when Halloween comes, you know what they playing. The freaks come out at night. Yes, everyone's playing it. So yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think ecstasy added that whole personable uh, aspect mm-hmm. to the group. You know, he had a he lot had of character. Back. He had a lot of character yeah. to his voice. Yeah. What's next, Ken? All right, let's keep it going with Slick Rick. Hey, Young World. Yeah. It may cause concern, it's why don't you listen and learn? Love happy that once was strong, but you to society, even that's turned wrong. Times have changed. Hey, it's cool to look bummy and be a dumb dummy and disrespect your mommy. Have you forgotten? Who put you on this earth, huh? Who put you out proud? And who loved you since your birth? Reward is a brainwashed kid going wild. Young little girls already have a child. Bad company. Hey, now you've been framed. The parents have hurt it. Hurt it and ashamed. For ruining yourself. And your mommy can't cope. Hey, little kids don't follow these dopes. As a rule. See, there was a mm. message in that. Did you hear the message? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that was by the ruler, the greatest, one of the greatest of all times, Slick Rick, uh, from the 1989, 1989 album, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, which in my opinion is probably one of the top 10 greatest hip-hop albums of all time. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. Uh, this particular but he's song, another one that... No, okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. But this particular song reached number 42 on the hot um, R&B, number 17 on the rap singles. Uh, we've It's been sampled by several groups. Um, one of the more famous samples was by the Lost Boys uh, and their track called Love, Peace, and Happiness, which is in line in that particular song. 
So again, Slick Rick, and I also want to plug in real quick, you know, one of our former guests, Tari Torre, is on tour with Slick Rick. They're they're out and about. Matter of fact, today I saw them on, on Facebook catching a plane. So again, if, if your Slick Rick's coming to your area, make sure you support him and also support Tari's music. So that's all I have to say about that. Oh, and don't forget, Tari is a cat um makes a cameo appearance in Kanye's documentary on Genius. Netflix. Genius. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. But what do y'all what do y'all think about this one? Uh, it's Slick Rick. <laughs> what? what can you say? The, the, just the just the vocal vocal stylings of this uh, of Slick. I cannot talk today. Just the <laughs> vocal stylings of Slick Rick alone sets him aside uh, apart from everyone else. You know yeah. the accent that he. When, and when uh, you add Slick Rick to any album, number one, you know it's him, and it, mm-hmm. it just brings another flavor to it. Always, we love Slick Rick. Right, and this was and, a solid album. You had Children's Story. Um, uh-huh. What else was on this one? Mona Lisa. Um, Mona Lisa. I mean, it was just yeah. teenage love. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, and you know the story, all the songs. The stories he told on his songs were right. exactly. Oh, he was a storyteller, and all yes. of his songs on that album, they there was a message to them. Yeah, teacher, and teacher, that's, and that's a that's a gift that you know that. Those without sin. I mean, not not all rappers were able to do that, and he was just one of the one of the few that could. But you know what? Another rapper that sounded similar to him was Dana Dane. Dana and, Dane did uh, kind of sound like him. Yeah, and, and people would get them confused around right around that same time because they both had music out, and they had similar and, vocal style. Because both of them were from England. Was Dana Dane from England? Dana Dane from England. I, I, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, Dana Dane was from England. I I, I can look it up real quick. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, Dana Dane, uh, hold on, I got to pull it up right now. No, he's from he was born in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. He's okay, from Brooklyn. I, I, I do. I could have sworn it. My my father. Somebody I thought I read somewhere that he was actually from um, from England. But uh, Slick Rick definitely. Uh, Slick Rickley. Uh, Slick Rick definitely was. Definitely was. So according to Wikipedia, they said that he was remarkably similar to Slick Ricks because of the English lilt that he performed with. But Slick Ricks English lilt was genuine while mm-hmm. Dana Dane's okay, so was maybe, manufactured. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where it comes from. So what's next, Kim? So since we just did Slick Rick, let's go into the show with Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew. All right. Woo! Excuse me, Dougie Fresh. Yes! Have you ever seen a show when fellas on the mic with one minute rhymes that don't come out right? They bite. They never write. That's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight, on this very mic, you're about to hear, we swear, the best star rappers of the year. So, so, cheerio, yell, scream, bravo. Also, if you didn't know, this is called the show. We had to play that. The show is a single about Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, which Slick Rick was definitely a part of. It described as a reality show of a hip hop performance, but even though it does sound like a concert, I don't believe it was. It just was supposed to sound like one. And the song incorporates portions of the melody from the theme song of Inspector Gadget. Yeah, it does. 
And the original <laughs> issue of the song featured a line where Slick Rick mockingly sings a verse from the Beatles, Michelle, but they had to re- remove that on several of them. Nowadays, you don't mm. even hear when he goes into Michelle because Michelle, uh, my my that's my favorite part. But they had to remove <laughs> it because of copyright infringement. Okay, he was quick to sing a hook. <laughs> Absolutely. What can you say about the show? This is one of the classic songs of all time. We think about hip hop. You associate hip hop with this song along with others. I think everybody's favorite part is six minutes, six minutes, mm-hmm. you know, the beatboxing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything about this song is, is pretty, is pretty, is pretty righteous. You know, I love it. I love it. Well, since we did the show, we can't forget about the song that put Salt and Pepper on the map, which which was their diss track of the show <laughs> called The Showstoppers. And here it is right now. Yes. Yo, what's up? Have you ever been to jams where people just stand? They pay to come in and they don't even jam. Show you how it's supposed to be. Cause we, the salt and pepper MCs, will chance. The circumstance box your pants. My fans. This is called the jam. Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Gotta love salt and pepper on this solid, solid debut. Hot, cool, and vicious. That was the debut album, which featured Showstopper. Another track that was released well before the album, well, along with another single, I'll Take Your Man. Those uh-huh. two songs were pre-singles before the album was released, but it helped propel the album to, to its success. Once it was released, we'll push it as a single. One of my favorites. It, it was unique. It was fresh. It was great to hear a female voice in hip-hop at that time, a female rapper. That was new. Uh, we had what, Roxanne Shante. Mm-hmm. That was the only example, I think, at the time, right? Yeah. That was exactly. That was current, you know, that was in the mainstream in the sense of hip hop. Roxanne Shante was the only one. So hearing these two young ladies rap brought another nice element into the whole scene. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to, I hate, you know, you know, sometimes I like to go against the grains, but Byron made mention something earlier and, and I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, you know, I was once a big fan of uh, Salt and Pepper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once upon a time. But? But when you figure in the Spinderella or not inclusion of Spinderella aspect, I don't know what could have made you so mad or so upset to the point where you don't include the most integral part of, of the group. Everybody knows that, you know, especially back in the day when, when artists made music, especially hip hop music, the most important person of that uh, aspect was the DJ. I mean, and I don't, 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 don't want to say was she was the it. most I don't want to say she was the most integral and most important part. But don't sit there and act like she wasn't a part she, of it. She never existed. But you know what? Honestly, 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 honestly Kim, mm-hmm. Marcus is right, because back in back then you had to have that live DJ element. To keep the records loop, to mm-hmm. keep scratching for that for that continuous beat, so that the DJ was important. And I look sideways at them because, first of all, they don't they don't talk about the the first Spinderella. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
And then the second Spinderella that was along for most of the success. You know, we don't, I, I would love to see or hear more about that story. Uh, the incorporation of Spinderella, how they, how they met Spinderella. Whether it's the first one. Exactly. Because even in uh -huh. their um, doc, um, their um, biopic, they kind of just mm -hmm. act like she was some type of groupie that decided to bring her along. But no, that wasn't true. Now, the DJ back in the day, you had to have that in your background to be legitimate, uh -huh. pretty much. So she was needed. But and when they didn't need that anymore, Spin was actually rhyming. And they weren't yeah. just, and they weren't just some poo poo, or it didn't sound like she was bringing it. Just like I didn't mean, you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> but she was bringing it just like Salt and Pepper was. So actually, it was her 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 lines that I that stood out the most to me, and a lot of those later songs, you know, Spinderella mm -hmm. had that flow. Um, and she, you know, one thing about Spinderella. Even between albums and projects, she kept the visibility of the group up. You know, mm -hmm. Salt and Pepper—they would disappear and do whatever they whatever they were doing with their lives. But Spinderella was always in the mix, um, doing stuff on MTV. Um, and I'm talking about DJ Muriel Roper. That's the that's the second Spinderella. The first one is uh, Latoya Hanson. So when I say Spinderella, I'm talking about Miss Roper. The second one. Um, mm -hmm. The second one, and she maintained visibility for the group at all times you know being like a diplomat i thought you know i always saw her as that you know so but it's, it's, it's disappointing to, say, to me it is disappointing because i feel like it's it's a money thing and yeah. uh, your sisterhood should look over that should right. should supersede that and you brought up a great point kim so do you all recall when they did story behind the music mm -hmm. their very first story behind the music and that was when we first got a taste of something going on because when um, Salt and Pepper got their, they were able to break from um, Love Bug. Mm -hmm. and, and they got a lump sum. They got a lump sum, right? But they didn't really, right. 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 Mm -hmm. right. So that like, was, like that was the first allusion mm -hmm. to that issue. But, you know, I thought they had resolved all of that, but apparently they had not. Um, yeah. But it's it, it this this is something we can table uh for another episode. It's something we definitely need to at some point come <laughs> back to because it's a really big deal because you know, a lot of elements that are not being said, you know, a lot of information being left out. But needless to say, we, we can't deny the music that Salt Pepper did uh put out. I mean made a that it made a uh, huge impact on the hip hop world. Next, Kim. And we will table this and come back to it once we do an episode about the other groups that did the same thing to one of their members. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So Good since boy. we mentioned Roxanne Shantae, let's go into Big Mama. Because <laughs> here comes the Big Mama. Anything to rip shiny Obama. Because y'all weak ass hoes got me fed up. So hookers, get your gloves and yo, let's go head up. Wall to wall, y'all all are for. I don't store because in this world is when it takes all. Blocks and blocks and watch the rocks, not just 
Tell us how you really feel, Shante. <laughs> yeah. And she was what, like 15, 16? Something like that, yeah. But check it out. I wish we could have played the whole song. I, I know. <laughs> because it really gets oh, deep back. Yeah, it really goes, goes deep back. Well, matter of fact, let me, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> go on YouTube. <laughs> go on YouTube and search Roxanne Shante Big Mama. Sit back. And just listen. All right, you you here for a treat because she really really goes in on this mm. track. Um, it didn't charter anything like that, but however, she spoke her piece about how she felt about certain MCs, um, and female uh, MCs, female MCs, right? And how how she felt like uh, her place was in hip hop culture at the time. You know, truth be told, she said, you know, she started when she was 14 years old. She started rapping and um, she managed, she put out her first album, uh, her first uh, hit, uh, excuse me, single at the age of 14. And, and so and she's been riding ever since. And again, we talked about uh, Rock the Bells and Sirius Channel 43. You know, I mean, she's actually got a segment from four to six, you know, um, called have what? Have a nice day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that was first point. The first yeah, 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 yeah. So, but uh, she she really does a thing. Listen, I love this song. That the queen, the original, but but no slight to Queen Latifah, of course. But Shantae was the original, the first yeah. to really do it. And even though she didn't chart anything, the community, the hip hop community, and neighborhoods knew who she was. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and mad respect. Yeah. And she was exactly. always passionate and articulate, to uh-huh. say the least. You know, she never held anything back in any interviews, anything. Yep. So she's still true to form. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. What's next, Kim? All right, since I mentioned the Queen, here's Queen Latifah and Money Love, ladies first. Yes. Into a lyrical freestyle Grab the mic, look at the crowd and see smiles Cause they see a woman standing up on her own too Sloppy slouching is something I won't do Some think that we can't flow Stereotypes, they got to go I'ma mess around and flip the scene into revert With what? With a little touch of ladies first Yes, my sister's mm. my hometown. The seventh song on the album debut by hip hop artist Queen Latifah, All Hail the Queen. This was released on November 28, 1989 through Tommy Boy Records. The feminist anthem Ladies First features Moni Love, another one of my favorite MCs. And it remains one of Latifah's signature songs. In 2008, the single Ladies First was ranked number 35 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. Do you think it was well? Des- do you think it was deserving of that? Oh, think, I, think, it think should have been think- higher than thirty-five. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she, she definitely should be part of that list for for that. You don't think for, so? Def- I would say it. You don't think so think, much? I think thirty-five is a little generous. I, 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 I what? Think- what? No, 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 no. She needs to wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. Sure. Hold on. <laughs> My, this is my thing. This is my thing. This is just what I think. I think that they put her up there to kind of throw her a bone. That's just how I feel. Okay. What? I'm not taking anything from Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah is one of the greatest to ever do it. Plain and simple. But that particular song, I, I think she, um, what was the other one she had? I think I would have put that one 
Coming to my house. Coming to my house. All that one. Queen. gave birth to the soul children. Coming to my know. house. Coming to my house. I like. I, 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 I love I come to my house. But ladies yeah. first. Maybe. Uh, are, you, are you mad because you're not a lady? Is that what? Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Ladies nah. first. He had great response. elements on this song, on that, especially Maybe this remix. The response. remix, the yeah. remix of the song had a lot of great elements. I yeah, thought. or it, if not, that would put uh put U N I T Y up there. Put, yes, put, put, I'm trying to do '80s, but U N I T Y yeah. definitely. I wouldn't rank yeah. that above Ladies First. Definitely. Yeah, put, so put she had a ball. Yeah. She had a ball. Yes, yeah. she had a ball. But this, as far as this debut, this was solid. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. For, it was. for it was her solid. first album, this was this was yeah. this was the famous anthem, and everyone knows it. So she deserves number thirty-five on yeah, the Yeah, I, I tri- I'm not. I'm not tripping about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not gonna like to say if they ask me to to vote <laughs> how I think, I like I'm gonna go for it because I mean, I mean, you gotta you gotta think about. Yeah, she she was one of the um she she had a big uh, impact on the culture to say the least. But mm-hmm. you know, but this particular song, I'm like, uh, you know, I think she had others. That I would put there, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Now, what's next? <laughs> Another one of our girls, MC Light. As you can see, we're going with the ladies' first anthem right now. So, MC Light, light as a rock. The light. The light. Light as a rock, or I should say a boulder rolling down your neck, pounding on your shoulders. Never shall I be an MC called the wannabe. The light, L-Y-T-E This is the way it is, don't ever forget Hear the rhyme of someone else and you know they've been All in the way, just little obstacles Chew them up, spit them out, just like popsicles Suckers out of my way, we're not on the same wavelength I show stability, potential, and strength On the other hand, you are weak and unruly Can never be a spot cause you're just a plain stupid Slave, I'm a slave, I'm a slave to the rhythm. Death rhymes on the microphone is what I'm giving. Yes, I am a rock and you are just a pebble. Milk turn up the bass and rock are just a level. So rap you you know that mushroom mm. hair, that mushroom hair dude just always did it for me. She the only one could do that and it looked asymmetrical shrooms. Yeah, it, 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 it always did it for me. I just just make whenever time I say it, just make me smile. I just <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a lot of MC Light, Light as a Rock from her. Entitled album also Light as a Rock, released in 1988. Pretty sure it was also featured in the BH1 Hip Hop Honors. We talked about I Go to Work by Kumo D. They love with basketball. This song was comes before Sanaa Lathan's part, where she's playing basketball, Light as a Rock. That comes into play in that movie as well. But here we go, Kim. Check this out now. You know who did the production on this on this track? Who did the production on this track? Real D from Audio 2. What? Well, let me play that right now. Go ahead. Mixtape, every couple 
has to have this record on it. Man. It's incomplete if you don't have this. It's you know, two man, minute long record. I think this was the first <laughs> hip hop song that I knew from beginning to freaking end. So mm -hmm. Audio 2 were the Brooklyn, New York hip hop duo of MC Kirk Milk D. Robinson and DJ Nat Gizmo Robinson, most famous for its first hit, Top Billing, but some people call it Milk. <laughs> the duo's debut single, Make It Funky, was released in 1987, but it was the B-side Top Billing that became the chart hit. Yeah, here's your here it is, y'all. Y'all ready for this? This is oh, the analogy. Lord. Oh Lord! This is, this is the analogy. Trust uh -huh. me, it's, this is all positive. Okay. If rappers delight, if this is the Star Spangled Banner of hip hop, this song is God Bless America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I would give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I would give you okay. that. Okay, yeah. that, that, that's that's how I feel about the song. Yeah, you cannot have a hip hop party without playing this. Oh exactly. my goodness! Oh my goodness! And that's, that's the just, wop. This is a perfect wop song. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. just the only way to describe. That's the only way to describe it. I mean, it is. It is hip hop. I mean, it is. I mean, that's just the only way you can describe it. It's just it the, perfect hip, yep. the perfect hip. The perfect hip hop it's song. of hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Of that time, that that sound, that time, that period of how vibrant it was. It's the summation, and that's it's two minutes. Time frame. <laughs> two minutes. It was worthy. It was worthy of with its two minutes. Just that two minutes was enough for you to memorize the jump from beginning yeah. to end. Exactly. Yeah. So we we got anything else left, Kim? The last and final one, one of my favorites, Jungle Brothers. I will house you. <laughs> and you know it. All right. And you know it. You in my hut now. When you're in my hut. You know what's up, let your mind be free, relax your body, jump, jump, a little higher, jump, jump, until you get tired, house your body, house your body, house your body to the base, house it all over the place, so don't let nobody in your way, tonight's your night, today's your day, Africa will hear you wrong, house music all night long, 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 I'll house you, don't you know? I'll house you, don't you know that? I'll house you, you and my hut now. Don't you know that? Woo! Yes, indeed. House anthem, hip hop anthem. Woo! Part of Jungle Brothers' album, Straight Out of the Jungle. Solid release for them, peaking at number 16 on the hot rap singles chart in 1989, and number 28 on the hot dance maxi club chart i'll house you classic on My anybody's guess. list i love it I, used, okay. I was a big i i was a big fan of the jungle brothers i wish they okay. had more i wish they had more uh Me music and i really do I, i'm actually looking forward to it but uh again one of those art one of those uh groups that uh they didn't get that um they didn't get their rec their respect however in one of the most famous hip-hop songs um by black sheep mm -hmm. He pays tribute because um, he has brothers in the jungle. So one of them is his brother. Mm -hmm. And Coven and Cousins on a Quest, one of his cousins is in Trump Oh, okay, cool. And they're all part of Native Tongue, too. They're all and part they of the were all part of Native Tongue. Yeah. All right, all right. 
I had so, the pleasure of meeting them a few years ago. They performed at uh, Ortonate's Deep Sugar event, uh, one of our anniversary parties that we had for uh, Deep Sugar, and tore the house down. I know they did. They did a lot of cuts from this album as well as uh, you know some other singles and stuff like that that they've had over the years off the chain. And this is a house music party, by the way. I know. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this episode of the Good Good Experience podcast. We want to thank our special guests this week, Boss Made LD from Mississippi, and also Mr. Gene Poo Poo Man Anderson as well. We want to we ask you to continue to listen to us. Uh, you can find us on all the major platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Google, iHeart. You know, we're, we're everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Don't go hit us up. Um, we want to thank everybody for making us number five this week. Also, um, yeah, yeah, Woo-hoo! yes. So um, as long as you guys continue to listen, we're going to continue to bring you the best. We're going to continue to bring the good good. That's what we're going to continue to bring you. So again, hey, until next time, y'all. Be, not, don't be just good. Be good good. And we're out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.